Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. You're joined by me, Ryan, with Lenny and John, the other experts on the field in this podcast. We talk about all things motorsports, how your car works, and, well, other nerdy things that have to do with going fast on cars. This is a Zero Lift podcast. Let's take it away, guys. John, your exports in the desert took a back burner to us talking about Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen winning the world championship it was on the back. Oh uh, my! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just laughing at some. I don't know if they were like purposeful mispronunciations, but your exports in the desert. I was just tearing John here. He did a great job. Oh, he sure uh, did. Anyway, you um, know, he did uh, a good job out there. Exploits. You no, know, you exported. You exported yourself. Your, ah. your abilities onto ah, uh, I switched it there. Ah, ha, 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 it's an export. <laughs> That's so lame. Hi, <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. This is Zero Lift Podcast, and uh, we like cars. And I got two friends here that are good at cars, and we're Zero Lift Podcast. So we got the Rick and Morty intro. We're just off to a great start. Uh, so come, come get your podcast about cars because we got cars and we do a podcast and you can listen to it and we'll talk oh, about yeah. cars I, I got some podcast. got some doors here on this podcast come on down <laughs> i'm done i'm not i'm not doing that <laughs> i'm gonna have to take the the hosting reins next week because this is a, a mess it's a fiasco it's a mess i mean i love rick and morty but after you watch enough oh, episodes man. you start to kind of like do it too you yeah. know what i mean like Okay, we'll get your shit and put it in a bag. That's you better put your shit. You in should the also bag. watch uh, the <laughs> other one they do though with uh, the aliens. It's really good. Um, I'm drawing a blank now, and they've got the tiny. It must human. not be that good. Oh, it is though. It really is that good. I mean, it's actually probably better deep story writing than uh, Rick and Morty is. Like Rick and Morty's kind of like flash in the pan sort of big serialization, but this has got really. It's well I'm done. Talk about, I'm talk about good story writing. Yeah. House of Dragons, baby. Uh, House, House of Wyverns. House of Wyverns. I must correct you, sir. It is a wyvern, not a dragon. Uh, oh my god! No, it's uh, not. I'd, You're playing I'd, the wizard. I'd I'd rather I'd rather talk about the story of that is life and John's awesome life in the yeah, desert. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's that do that. Much better than any fucking TV show that you guys are yapping on about. Yeah, I'm talking about wyverns though. They're wyverns. They're so solar no, no, opposites. No one cares. Solar opposites John, is the name you, of the show. You, you let's were go. on two wheels. You you like doing stuff on two wheels. Uh-huh. You went on an excursion I with I, I think I did some pretty um well well regarded highly regarded experienced people. Tell us I about did. it. Yeah, so uh, I rode with a company here. No, I don't, they don't even know I'm talking about them, but the Saudi Dirt Bike Center, if you look them up on Instagram. Um, hmm. Saudi Dirt Bike Center, these guys do some rides out through the desert, like on dirt bikes, like exploration adventure type stuff. And, um, you know, they advertise like, ah, come ride through the desert. Bah, 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 bah. We'll supply the bike. And I was like, I'm going to go do that. Um, I figured, you know, it, it would be a all skill level type of trip. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was not. Not no green not horns allowed. All skill level type, like only green I mean, horns or. Look, I I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come out and say this. I looked kind of like an asshole. Oh no. Okay. A little bit. A little bit. Because I've been riding motorcycles for 20 years. I've done a bunch of track days on bikes. I'm not the fastest guy. I'm not gonna tell you that I'm the fucking man. Um I've camped off bikes and done a bunch of off-road, you know, tripping and stuff. Um, I'm not the best at any motor- motorcycle discipline by any stretch of the imagination. But I've never gone out with a group of people on bikes and not been in, like, the front third of the pack. Like, that's, you know, I've just been around the block enough times. I've done enough stuff. Um, yeah. and you're not, uh, you're not so wet behind the ears is what you want to say. Right. And so I figured I'd go out. 
Yeah. So the, you know, I hit up the guy and I was like, "Hey, this ride looks really cool. I want to come." And he's like, "Yeah, are you comfortable on a bike?" I was like, "Well, I've been riding for 20 years. Here's some pictures of me dragging knee." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, you're good." And uh, <laughs> and uh, he was not good. Yeah. <laughs> so about an this hour, that John knew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're on 450 dirt bikes, which, if you know anything about dirt bikes, those are big boys. Mm-hmm. Yikes! Those are big, big boys. Um. And we get about an hour. I mean, getting on the bike, getting started, getting going, nothing, no problem. You know, I've, I've been doing this. I even ripped a little wheelie taken off, like no big deal. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to show you motherfuckers how to ride. I figured I'd be like middle of the pack. Uh, about an hour into this ride, I realized that uh, I was the fucking guy. <laughs> You're that guy. I was, I was the guy. Wow. Uh, I crashed probably 20 times. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I crashed so many times. I there was this one section with like a curve, and I went down three times in a hundred meters. Like, ah, uh, wow, man, the sand is so okay. We rode. I, I should back this up. We rode from Half Moon Bay to Hofuf, which is like seventy or eighty kilometers over the desert. And I, and I mean, like, okay, yeah, I mean, like, the like distance. Oh, yeah, there ain't uh, shit. I mean, there ain't shit. Like, yeah. you're in the desert. Like, goodbye. Like, I literally, we rode past a pack of wild camels. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Holy cow. Like, I came over a ridge, and there are, like, five or six camels just hanging out. I'm like, holy, like, we're in the shit. Um, <laughs> the sand, like if you got off the bike and tried to stand in the sand, it was so soft. You're, I mean, you're in the there's nothing, uh, and like you sink up to like your mid shin in Holy the sand. Cow, that, that's kind of crazy. That's, that's scary. Yeah, and the the dunes that you know, Ryan, you know this, but like not Kansas or Nebraska, but you know how like Missouri has like rolling hills or Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. West Nebraska does, and Sand Hills. Okay, but like the dunes, like roll they and roll undulate. Forever. Yeah, and they're like thirty to fifty meters for some of the taller ones. Like wow, yeah, and yeah. and so and we're going up, and you've got to like downshift and like full throttle nail it to get up, and like it's and so you stop you're out for in lunch. David Attenborough country at that point, dude. Dude, middle of nowhere. Like it looked like like a movie, you know, when they get stuck in the desert and they're like, "Ah, I'm stuck in the desert." Like that's what it looked like. Wow. Um, And uh, we stopped for lunch, and I'm uh, visibly depressed. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the the like organizer of the ride, because I'm like I'm like having a lot of trouble keeping up with these guys. Like I was. I've done off-road stuff, and I'm not bad at it, but I, dude, sand did not prepare me for sand. We don't have sand This is twice that like sand's that. fucked you up in your trip so far. I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Just sand. Sand everywhere. No, but, here's the, but here's the deal. I felt a little bit better. We're at lunch, which was unbelievable, by the way. It was like they put tarp on rugs, and then they dump a pile of rice and ch- roasted chicken, and you eat it all huh. with your hands. Oh, that sounds so good. And you're just like lounging on your side on these rugs, just like eh, scooping in the middle of the, of, of the nowhere oh, desert. It's so good. Um, but uh, I, we stopped for lunch. Yeah, we stopped for lunch, and I'm all sad. And he's like, "Hey, so I raced in the Paris Dakar Rally last year, and I'm going to do it again this year." Uh, <laughs> he's a rally racer. He's a rally racer. <laughs> He's a rally racer. Like I was oh, the only wow. guy in the group that was not a rally racer, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> like at least I'm not getting shown up by like kids. Like, okay, yeah. like, the, these guys are all professional sand you're, racers. Um, so you're in the you're the top one third of like amateur pro, and these guys are legit pro pro. <laughs> no one yeah, yeah, like, pro pro. I was like, wow, yeah, this is okay. Not a friendly desert ride. Okay, that <laughs> makes me feel a little bit better. Jeez, um, always. So did they yeah. ease up on you after lunch since, you know, <laughs> they all said, like, no. oh, you know, I'm really pro, dude. Oh, that you're just fair. a regular dude out Joe Schmo out here in the awful. desert? Well, we'll so, it's, it's, so how long until you're going to do it again? 
I'm 100% going to do it again. I'm going to I'm going to go there and cuz they have a motocross track. Um and so I'm going to go back and do some like motocross track days and they also do some shorter like, you know, hour, 2 hour through the desert rides. And so I'm going to do a few of those and get like confident. Um you know, I, yeah, I, I don't need to like brag on myself or whatever, but he was like, hey, like you're not doing a bunch of beginner mistakes. Like, you, did, you know, I never use the front brake. I know enough about riding off road to know that. Like you hit the front brake and you die immediately. <laughs> um, and the fact that like it would start wagging and you need to give it more gas, that didn't bother me. I'm used to drifting the rear end around right. corners and stuff. Like, it, like I, so what normally happens to people is they get on sand, the bike starts weaving and they freak out and shut the gas off and then you immediately just high side and... I knew enough to like, oh, the bike starts weaving. You, you actually need to fucking nail it. Yeah, you nail it, and that actually straightens it out. So yep. I wasn't fucking that up, but what I was messing up is we'd like go around a corner, and I would naturally try and like move inside, like road racer style. And what you're supposed to do is like stand up on the bike and move away from the corner and tip the bike into the corner. That under sounds you. like mountain biking. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> How? This is, How this is you find a, a thread the needle there? How did you, what? what? <laughs> the the one time when he's like actually right. <laughs> the one Come time on. he's actually yeah. right. Yes. Oh, I hate you so much. Uh, Got him. <laughs> actually did it, you beautiful bastard. Uh, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> Well, then. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Well, then, okay. But so, anyway, okay, so that, that's blast. comparable to mountain biking. Got it. <laughs> that is comparable to mountain biking. I do want to say, I want to say one thing before we move on this off this topic is, um, for the deep desert, I was not ready for how <laughs> jaw droppingly gorgeous it is. Interesting. I, I had y'all know me, I'm a world traveler, I've been all over the damn place. Um, I don't know if it's the way the sun reflects off the sand or something, but like you just, we crested, you know, after we started, you get started and it's like scrub brush, you know, and there's like little plants and, yeah. you know, it's, it's desert, but it's like rough desert, like California desert kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then we High got desert five. Kind of things. Yeah. And then we got like five or 10 kilometers out and then we get like actually away from all civilization and it is sand dunes. Like, it looks like the ocean, but it's sand. I was going to say, it's the ocean, but sand, yeah. Wow. And it was a bright blue sky day, and, like, I almost dropped the bike. I was so, like, whoa, oh, I've never seen anything like this. Like, it was so pretty. Gnarly. It was so fucking, like, I can't, I, I can't even describe it. Because you would think, like, brown sand, blue sky, who cares? Like, it. it that, no. I, I Whoever would say that so, does not. Yeah. I totally can see it. I man. wasn't. I just wasn't ready for it because I've seen all the beautiful beaches, you know, and like mountains, and, and like I've done all that stuff in Utah, and blah blah blah. But like, dude, I came over the wadi and like unrestricted desert as far as you could see, and it was just I don't know, man. Just something like the, the sky was so it was like a brighter blue. I, nice. I just so, I just, just have it caught me off guard. I'm jelly. I just have Arabian seriously. nights in my head. Seriously, it caught me off guard. That's wild. Um, Jelly. Okay, I want to say, I want to say, this is unrelated, but one more thing before we get into the topic. I've been, I have been struggling on these F1 labs, and I <laughs> didn't know what the issue was. I think I fixed it. Okay. Oh, no. Did you hire some I mean, I, for you? No, I've, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look. I know that Lenny and I are pretty closely matched. He tends to be a second or two faster than me in F1 game. Uh, I think we're close in cars. I'm faster than him on carts. But, like, I know, me and Lenny should be teasing each other. And I've been, like, a consistent six seconds behind his time. Yeah, it's been gross. And I've been – yeah, it's been gross. And Granted, I'm on a set of Corsa and stuff, but I'm just like, I don't – this is a laser scan track. Like, this should be pretty close to what, like, the track is. Like, I'm not this slow. And I started reading about the F1 car mods I downloaded, and I come to find out that there's a physics patch. Ah. I said, of course, like a better updated physics, and you're supposed to use it with those cars. I actually downloaded a different brand's F1 mod, 
when I tried to drive it, I was going down the straight at 180 miles per hour, and the car literally randomly went and bounced up in the air and flipped upside down. Huh. And let me tell you, in VR with a very strong wheel. <laughs> That's right, you're in wheel, VR. Oh, yeah, I'm in VR, oh, and my steering wheel has 25 newton meters of torque. Oh, that was terrifying. Oh, bud. I was like, ah! Oh, dog. <laughs> So I was like, what just happened? And I that looked at the readme and I was like, oh, I'm not on the right physics patch for this game. And I, so look, on Coda, Lenny, if I'm not mistaken, you got like a 137.5? 137.4. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same, I, same. Up until this point, I have been punishing myself. And the fastest I could muster was a 143 and some change. Okay. okay. Um, and And I mean like, like I can't get faster than that because every time I try and find time, I'm just crashing now. Like, it, yeah, Coda. Yeah. Now I don't know. Hold on, hold on. I installed yeah, the sorry. physics patch. I installed the physics patch, and I fucked around Dude. for half an hour before we come on here, and I hit a one thirty nine six. Okay. Oh, there okay. it is. So now, now you're next to what, what I am because I'm at one thirty nine. And that was a half an hour of right. messing around before the recording. So I think. Uh, Okay. Hey, maybe I'm back. Now you're online. Okay. Maybe we can get okay. Some, okay. some legit competition. Here we go. Uh, Let's ramp I, it up. Yeah. It's race week. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you got, yeah you, I've already had a week to to run laps on Coded, and I think that might be the strongest, fastest lap that I could put down while still being on the track. Uh, maybe I could squeeze up like another half second, maybe a full second if I'm like, uh, do like a main line of cocaine, but I don't, that's not <laughs> happening. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Um, and so, yeah, you guys do it for the gram. Guys, maybe that might be the. I'm not doing a gram for the gram. Gra do that's a gram not the way. The gram. No, I'm not doing that. Um, so yeah, I think 137.4 is probably the the time to beat. I don't think I get faster than that. But it's so it's so crazy. It's definitely the track is definitely different. The track layout, at least on the F1 game. I don't know what they did. It's slightly different than the F one twenty one game. Uh, I don't like it. It's real. It's much me, more difficult. Let me ask you guys a question. In the F one game, y'all's cars porpoise. Yep. Uh, okay. well, Lenny, you you drive in uh, first person view, so mm -hmm. you, whereas I drive with yeah, I the cam, so I don't know if I notice any sort of purposing. I'm also in a Red Bull, so you're, and you're in a Ferrari, so one of our cars is better than the other. Um, no, 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 okay. First of all, we are playing on equal performance, right? That's true. Yeah, we're on equal performance. What car we're on? Yeah, then why? But, I... but uh, I do, I do know that when I play on true performance and I'm in the Mercedes, I do notice the porpoising in the cockpit view. So, at least for me, it is. So. The Assetto Corsa cars porpoise like fucking crazy. Like mm. until I tweaked them and changed some of the, the ride height and suspension settings and stuff. And I got it pretty comfortable, but like out of the box, especially in VR. So, yeah, it was like, <laughs> well, and they, they were probably porpoising worse before the f1 well because f122 came out like halfway through the season so i'd imagine by then they'd already kind of modded and they oh i know you know i'm just talking about like our experiences in the sim like seto corsa in vr with the porpoising Yikes. holy shit dude it's really intense like sometimes you're worried about missing your brake markers because you hit the brakes and the car like bounces so you pulled like a Lewis and get <laughs> no, out of the, the car and go. I oh, can't the race this thing because the car's off the ground. <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, yeah. Like, like if like there's been some turns where I'm like, I could take my break point deeper, but when I'd hit it, I would bounce off it, and yeah, it's. <laughs> you know, it really does sound like you have some aerodynamic problems going on, John. Well, I I've solved them now. Okay. Like I said, I changed the physics patch and did some suspension tweaks. And like I said, I'm within. I'm at about two seconds for off of Lenny. I'm confident I can knock a second off that. Pro I mean, I'm sure there's a sec another second I can get off that. But like, can I? I don't know. We'll see. But like, so, I know that I got a second off my time. Do you need to read like, like another 70 page peer reviewed book on aerodynamics <laughs> to set up your uh... just to beat me? Just to beat Lenny. <laughs> I'm just wondering. <laughs> That's what it takes. What a nice, 
a nice segue. takes to beat Mr. Zero left. Yeah, just speaking of porpoising. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so our topic tonight, I asked for another tech episode because it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been uh, a hot minute. Yeah. Oh. And we're talking about race car aerodynamics, which is literally the reason that the 2022 cars porpoise uh, is aerodynamic phenomena. We, we touched a little bit on this in the beginning, but uh, the F1 we did, season. We did. But it has been a while since you've been on a soapbox, and especially after you just got beat mm. in the desert by a bunch of pro pros, it makes oh, sense yeah. you want to get back on a soapbox. How sweet He's got to build his confidence. Yeah, he's got just no. a little bit. The little guy needs Bro. to get on a box. It's all right. Bro, no. So between the dirt bike riding, me failing at the lap <laughs> times in F1, yeah, and then... And then I also tried riding horses oh, uh, last weekend, and I know nothing about riding horses. That's, so that was a that's going to be a disaster. Like, I've been kind of in my feels. I'm like, I'm not good at anything. Uh, <laughs> Join us next week when John climbs Mount Everest. Yeah. Uh, no, he's going to go do K2 first, man. Come on, let's be real. Why would he, he wouldn't yeah, go? Yeah, with, he wouldn't go with the tourist one. He'd go with the way more harder one. <laughs> but I will. In, in a, this time, this time next week, I'll have my sandboard. By the way. Uh, anyway, uh, okay, guys, we're talking aero. We're talking aerodynamics. Um, car aerodynamics is a dark art. I think it's probably the most misunderstood aspect of performance tuning in normal everyday street enthusiasts. Lenny, yes, no, maybe so. I would agree, yes. Wait, you're saying um, I can't just put a huge wing on the back of my car and make it go faster? I mean, you can, um, but it's not that simple. Oh. In most cases, it'll make you go slower. <laughs> and that's also I've true. seen a few true life case scenarios where that has happened to one of our friends, yeah. two of our friends. So aerodynamics is, it, it, it changed dramatically in the 70s when it comes to race cars. Um, there was a period of time when people mostly didn't pay any attention to it. And then as motorsports started pushing the boundaries of like top speeds of vehicles, um, they quickly realized, and it, it kind of rose, you know, cause race cars and, and like airplanes evolved Cars were a little bit ahead, but like they, they evolved pretty close to one another. So a lot of these things were like crossover stuff from the aviation industry. But they noticed very quickly that the thing that was keeping them from going faster wasn't was often not horsepower, but it was wind resistance. And so prior to the 70s, pretty much sports car aerodynamics meant making a car more slippery decreasing its coefficient of drag uh coefficient of drag as a normal enthusiast you don't need to know the numbers just know that in the point two zeros it's pretty good and about point four zeros when it starts to get crappy um so for reference points on those numbers for cars for people real quick you have a tesla model x has a point two five drag coefficient uh, it's have, very slippery. You have your modern Ford F-150 Lightning is probably somewhere around the fours. And my minivan <clears throat> is probably also somewhere around the fours uh, or fives. Whereas, believe it or not, an F-1 car has a drag coefficient of 0.7. Is it really that high? Yes. I didn't actually realize it was that high. It's that high, Look, for, it's that high for a different reason, which we'll get into. You know, it's funny it's... You, you mentioned the F1 car's drag coefficient because that's actually the first application of any sort of wing or aerodynamic feature on a car, a race car. That was, was the first In the experimented by uh, Bruce McLaren. We have an so episode was... on that, don't we? Uh, I think we have an episode oh. on Bruce McLaren, but not specifically the first wing aerodynamic use of applications on the F1 car. That's we right. should go check that out later. If you're listening, it's one of our earlier episodes. So yes, no, no, no. You're confusing it with the Chapman episode. Oh yeah, we don't have right. an episode. Oh, we don't sorry. have an episode. Yeah. Yep, we don't have an episode on Bruce McLaren. We have an episode on the McLaren F1, and we talk about Bruce. But yes. We don't actually have an episode about we Bruce. We have one on Chapman. That's right. Yes. 
That's right. Yeah. Sorry. Colin yeah. Chapman. I'm, I'm uh, mistaken. Also check that one. That's all good. That's a good one. But so they're reducing the drag coefficient. Basically, it's it's making a car cut a cleaner line through the air. So there's less wind resistance. There's less uh, there's less air holding the car from going faster because the it's easier to you know throw a baseball than a brick through air uh, and a knife slices through the air better than said brick. This is all stuff that we kind of pick up intuitively in school. Um, but some of the science of how that works gets really, really interesting. But what they mm-hmm. found out in the 70s in a very high-profile example of this is one of my favorite race cars of all time, the uh, Porsche 917. So hmm. 917, Steve, LeQu- Steve McQueen, Le Mans, I got a T-shirt of it, whatever. It's a gnarly car. The early 917s, they had all the friggin' power. It was, the right. dominant Le- it was the dominant Le Mans car after the GT40, like immediately after the GT40. Um, it, could, it was undrivable, and it actually killed some test drivers because it was capable of 250 miles per hour. I'm not, that's not a, a misspeak. In 1971, Ooh. it was 250, oh. and it had no downforce. Downforce is an aerodynamic force that holds a car to a road. So they, they didn't understand aerodynamics that well. And at that speed, the car would, like, take flight. Like, there was no... You couldn't make it go around a corner. <laughs> and maybe they did understand aerodynamics, just the wrong, the wrong direction. The yeah, wrong right? direction, yeah. Well, and that, no, so they actually revised the bodywork and put a different tail on it, and it gave it some appreciable downforce, and then it became one of the most dominant Le Mans cars of all time. But, so that goes back to why an F1 car has a higher drag coefficient, for example, than a minivan or a modern sedan. It has to do with the fact that drag it operates on something at an exponential value. So really, the amount of drag and air you're feeling on your vehicle at 45 miles per hour is pretty minimal. Your average highway speeds that you're going to drive as a civilian in your 70 to 80 mile per range, you start getting a little bit. When you're getting into those redonkulous speeds, you're starting to get into essentially aircraft speed ranges where it's wanting to take off. So to increase your downforce and keep you glued to the ground that's why an f1 car has higher well drag coefficient right it's because hold on, it hold, on, hold, on. hold on hold on hold on let's sure I, I for 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 comprehension's sake i think we're jumping ahead a little bit a little bit yes. let, let, let's talk about that let's talk about that so basically they make a mod they put some different wings and stuff on the this porsche and this car that was undrivable is now the most dominant Le Mans car of all time, and the only difference in the car was aerodynamic changes. So what is actually happening? In a car, you are basically doing the exact opposite of what a plane does to fly. And the way that works is, and I'm going to really chop this. is going to be bastardize fun. This. Yeah, I'm going to chop this up real to make it dissectable. But basically, imagine a plane wing. All right, everybody knows what a wing looks like. When it hits the air it tends to make the air split and go above and below it. Now, air does this really, fluids, all fluids, gas is a fluid too, does this really groovy thing where when it splits like that, it tends to want to come back together. And that's called Bernoulli's principle. All right, I'm not going to get any there more into physics yes. than that. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to get any more into physics than that. That's what Bernoulli's principle is. The air splits at the front of the wing and then it wants to meet the same air at the back. So what they do is they make the top of the wing a, a longer distance, like a bigger hump, than the bottom. So air fo- follows a straighter path on the bottom. It has to go over a hump on the top. And so it goes faster over the top to meet the air at the bottom. When it goes faster, that makes the pressure on top less. And so you have high pressure on the bottom, low pressure on the top, plane goes up that's called lift that's aerodynamic lift it's the exact same phenomenon in reverse on a race car also john the uh effect of the like air to stay attached to itself along the surface is the coronado effect that is we said we were not going to go into that. But that's what you just described. You just described if if the air surface Bernoulli's principle is the splitting in the meeting that's Bernoulli's principle look there's and anybody that is an is a 
a aerodynamic physicist right now is screaming oh, in your I'm microphone. Sure they are. I know. I'm literally a professional pilot. I get it. I get it. I've taken hundreds of hours of this shit. I know. I know. I'm cutting it up okay. for a podcast right now. Just give me some slack. So, um, <laughs> can we mention the speeds here too of the wind above and below? No, because it doesn't matter. Um, what? Okay. It does, but not really. Um, so look, you're doing an airplane wing, and you turn it upside down, and that's a race car. So here's the deal. When lift, when yes. lift. Basic. Seriously. When lift, lift is what makes an airplane go up. When you make lift push something into the ground, you call it downforce. Boom. Now wow. you understand F1. All right. Podcast done. That, no, there it is. Um, Wrap it up, folks. Okay. Put a little bow on it. Don't even mention the, any other complicated physics. Yeah. So what what Porsche did to the 917, what race cars are doing, what Formula One cars are doing, is they are creating a force acting downward. What that does is it puts more weight on the tires. It makes the tires think that the car weighs more than it does without the drawbacks of the car actually being heavy. Um, so that increases how much the tires can grab. Uh, it's like if you've ever been stuck in snow or mud and you have your fat friends sit on your bumper to get your <laughs> tires to grab to take off. If you're a country person or come from a place with bad weather, you know what I'm talking about. Sandbags. Uh, but it's more weight. So with aerodynamics, you're just using the wind to give that weight to the tires and allow the tires to grip up better. Um, what Ryan was talking about is, so prior to the 70s and this aerodynamic revolution in race cars, they were just trying to make cars cut through the wind better. And that makes you know less horsepower, makes the car faster because you don't have to fight the wind resistance because that's really the only reason that any car can't go 300 miles per hour is wind resistance. Um, then they found out that we we're going faster and faster and faster. Now we can't control the cars at all. Oh, well maybe a low coefficient of drag isn't always what's important. So it becomes this balancing act of a drag coefficient for top speed and downforce for the ability to corner, which is why F1 cars, as Ryan said, so as you create lift or downforce, you create more drag. That is a basic fundamental law of aerodynamics. Drag is just the force holding you back. When you run really fast, you feel the wind in your face, you're making drag. So as lift is produced, or in our case for cars, downforce is produced, I'm not going to get into the physics of why. You can go on Wikipedia and read for the next two hours and your nose will start bleeding. But basically when you create Exciting. lift or downforce, yeah, when you create lift or downforce, you create drag, period, dot. That happens. That happens. Just press I believe. Like <laughs> Yes, Daddy. Wow. Uh yes, Senpai. Where's well the... if you look at yeah, yeah, if you look at force vectors like when you're moving through the air, the vertical component is lift or down force and the horizontal component is drag. Anyway. And this is also anybody... why depending on which the bigger circuit... the wing, the more the drag, maybe? Would you say the that? more lift. Not more necessarily. Lift. Yeah. Yes, maybe, maybe it depends because it also depends on angle of attack. Angle atta of attack oh boy. is your rabbit hole in here. Yeah, now. that's how big of a cut we're talking about. That's how mm -hmm. that's how big of a cut so, the wing takes out of the air. And I, I, let's put this back to something relatable because we often talk about oh. F one and come back to that. Right? Depending yeah. on which circuit you're on depends on how you set up your F one car and your your yes. aerodynamic package. Right? Because Monza Correct. is a much different circuit then say what's that singapore right or sure something like that right it's a much different setup you know what for, and you actually the see sake... them change wings and angles of attack and things like that for the sake of discussion on the podcast let's talk indie instead of f1 interesting because, choice here yeah because it's really easy to see the difference that you would need in a street course oh, versus, versus oval. small oval yeah. versus, versus small Good oval point. versus super oval yeah so so, like, in, in those types of cases, on a super oval, which like Indianapolis, like the Indy 500, um, it's a huge oval. The turns are not super significant, and they're banked, which give you more cornering force. So they will set up their cars to make very little downforce and low drag so that they can achieve stupid top speeds. On a short oval or a road course, they'll set up their cars with a ton of drag, a lot of downforce, it sucks them into the 
into the corner so they can corner at higher speeds, but you can't achieve as high of a top speed in a straightaway. That basic balancing act is pretty much what aerodynamics on a car is. Is this a Bowser versus Toad situation here? It's a 100% a Bowser versus Toad situation. Um, <laughs> it's 100% one of those. Um, the thing, in general, modern motorsports, people generally say that horsepower is cheap. And arrow is expensive. Put on, put on arrow that makes downforce. And this is also... Well, no, what I'm saying is, is horsepower is cheap, so motorsports applications tend toward higher drag coefficients and more downforce. Oh, uh, yeah. Because horsepower is cheap. I can go faster with more power. And you also have the fact that, like, if you look at F1, they're concerned more about how much the higher-end teams have in aero time, not necessarily engine development time. Like, that that's how critical it is, right? Like... They're, yeah well here's the thing they're doling here's out the wind tunnel time they're not doling out horsepower dyno yeah. test time they're doling out wind tunnel time both for cost but also because of the amount of difference it can make well the thing is is that there's only so much like everybody's basically running a spec tire yeah so they that's are. that um everybody's i mean it's not spec but like it's developed to the point where it's damn near a spec engine like you're making as much power as you're going to make Everybody's got mostly the same tire. Suspension development, like, yeah, everybody has mostly the same stuff. Um, and one of the last secrets in turn, because like, the, just in cardam, man, like people developed engines first and tires first and suspension first, and we didn't even look at aerodynamics until we already had cars that were gnarly killing people they were doing yeah, yeah. Cars yeah. Were killing people yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> we didn't even well, yeah, maybe we should think about it arrow um turns and they hmm. and there's also a lot of stuff that's really um there's a lot of stuff that is not um intuitive wind does weird stuff you know, in the military <laughs> we say in the military, we say bullets do weird things. Uh, bullets do weird things because, because they the go through the air really fast. Yeah, because yeah, of the wind. Um, so y'all made fun of me because I to get ready for this episode, I read this peer-reviewed, like actual like science paper on car aerodynamics. So some fun stuff. At the low end, like up to a point, things that increase downforce also decrease drag up to a point. Mm -hmm. And then you reach a crossover point. Um, but if you have a really poor aerodynamic setup, like most of the aftermarket parts sold for cars nowadays, um, you're going to lose downforce and increase drag at the same time. Wow. Um, the other thing that's really funny is in one study I was reading, and they tried it on sedans and prototype-style race car bodies, they actually achieved more downforce with wings closer to the body of the car which most conventional people think a race car wing needs to be really high and tall and big up above the car. But uh, there was a study where they actually achieved more downforce the closer the wing was until it got so close, and it, and it was a function of how wide the wing was, um, where the wing stalled. So I have a question, because this actually brings yeah. up a car in mind and a particular differentiation between a wing or a spoiler. The Audi TT... That basically was undrivable until they slapped that little tiny spoiler on the ass end, and now it's magical. So technically, technically, a spoiler is something that reduces the drag coefficient of the car and doesn't provide useful downforce. Okay. And a wing is something that does. Although I think that I think that distinction's a little pedestrian and archaic. Makes um, sense. But, but that's generally. But a spoiler is right on the car. You have a, an undrivable car, and they slap a spoiler on there, and it apparently creates enough downforce on the rear end to keep the Audi stable at that point, and it's now a drivable car and isn't getting an accident all the time. It's a good yeah, example. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Um, during the Colin Chapman um, ground effect days in the '80s and F1, right, yeah, where yeah. they had the sealed, the sealed undercarriage. They created so much aerodynamic downforce, and this is the reason why those things got banned. It created so much downforce, the car was being pushed into the ground so hard that at speed on most of the main straights in the F1 like circuit, 
if they lost a rear tire, like oh. it blew out oh. on the straight, the dip in the back would cause the front to rise enough that the car would take flight. Wild. Oh, so, man. Yeah, that's nuts. So that, you know, like you talk about like, hey, this the Audi felt like undrivable till we put this spoiler on it. Like, that's how much of an impact some of these things, like modern race cars now make enough aerodynamic downforce that it actually exceeds the weight of the car, which is when people say like, it could drive upside down. That's what they're talking about. Right, 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 right. Um, but so some of these forces at play are really significant. Um, and like you said about the Audi TT example is a good example or like kids ripping the under trays off the front of their cars and stuff. Like usually those under trays actually provide aerodynamic benefits to the car for fuel economy, right? Um, high high speed stability, and uh, and sometimes like even radiator. Why would they rip like those off? You want to smooth? Have to see it all the time, you bro. want a smooth? No, it happens all the time. Why? Why? <laughs> uh, it's a pain in the ass to change the oil with this stupid tray underneath. Oh <laughs> god. <laughs> on oh, improper mounting mounting points and brackets could also make your carbon fiber wouldn't you want a uh, smooth under tray just fly off at speed don't ask yeah. me how i know you that want a smooth bottom <laughs> underneath your car correct <laughs> yeah so um, that's what i was gonna ask you john yeah so so like here i am i'm always thinking you know how can i go how can i and my car go faster around a track right you know like i don't have an f1 car i don't have a gt car I'm, I certainly don't have, you know, any sort of out-of-the-box race day track car, you know, like uh, MSO or Porsche, whatever. Uh, the GTR didn't come with, you know, a flat bottom uh, undercarriage or a big wing. It came with that, that small wing that you were just talking about. Um, and, you know, I remember maybe searching years ago now how much downforce that that little wing and the little N1 spoiler as well yeah. provided yeah. In, in sort of uh, drag and downforce. And I, I think at like the 30 to 80 mile an hour uh, speed, it like produced 25, 35 pounds of, you know, of downforce. I'm, I might be wrong, but it was some, something in that general vicinity area. Right. I might be wrong on the exact number. It wasn't something spectacular, but, you know, it was considerable oh. for me not to take it off or it, it were and it works yeah and it, and it does look good so like my question to you is as i look to go back on the track again hopefully here shortly with the gtr should i look to get a bigger wing for the downforce or should i be more concerned about undercarriage flat um flat paneling my my car Ooh. so sorry in my opinion so there's ways that you can actually check this stuff like you can um i've, I've actually looked up articles on how to do it i haven't taken the time to do it myself because i'm a lazy boy but like you can run little like capillary tubes to the car and like they have simple like vacuum gauges and you can see how much like ram pressure there is in certain parts of the car oh, cool. or like if it's a visible if it's a visible place, guys will put little bits of yarn and tape it to the hood and stuff and see like, is like what you'll see is like, it'll be, it'll come over the front of the hood and the yarn's blown back towards you. And then it hits the windshield and the yarn in front of you at the back of the hood is actually going the opposite way of the direction of travel of the car. Yeah. Because of the way the wind curls and stuff. So anyway, there's ways you can kind of see what's happening. There's, there's ways you can kind of measure what's happening. If you're not going to do that, in general, generally flat bottom girls make the rock and world go round. Um, so like I mean, that's how the under, song goes, but I'm picking hey, up. I thought it at all. Yeah, wow, wow. <laughs> flat, but yeah, actually, that's the exact opposite of how the song yeah, goes. Flat, anyway, yeah. flat bottom um, girls. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think in the race world, that, flat bottom girls make the world go yeah, round. Yeah, it actually does not reflect my personal beliefs. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Um, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, no, the like a uh, under tray at the front, some form of diffuser, like some kind of lip that sticks out from the front of the car, which honestly, like the stock aerodynamic package on the GTR is not bad. Is that a splitter? Mm -hmm. or is yes, it... that, that that's that's a splitter. Okay. Um, 
you want from this, and I can send you the link that I was reading, Lenny, if you want to read up on it, but you want some kind of angle of attack on the wind in the front for max effectiveness. Uh, that's in that paper. You should uh, post that on the Discord, which people can also find can through our Instagram and Twitter at Zero Lift Podcast. I can do that. Yeah. Um, so you want a splitter into a flat under tray in the front. Um, I don't know how much benefit you really get from running flat under trays all the way back through the car, but then the rear, um, a, dif- a diffuser, and with and generally with the exit from the diffuser, you want vortex generators, which is the vertical component of a diffuser. You know how most diffusers fins, have like, if you will, yeah, fins exactly. Uh, those, are, those are actually vortex generators. You're talking but the, we could, the fun stuff. That's all the F one stuff I'm just hearing right now. Just diffusers, yeah, and yeah, vortices, yeah. and oh yeah. The problem is the problem is like. Like I have a really nice rear diffuser for my Skyline. I have mm-hmm. no idea if it's functional. I have no <laughs> Does it look good, John? Clue. It looks dope. And I, and I will tell you, it is designed. And the reason I bought it is because all the other diffusers on the market looked like styled. And this thing yeah. is nothing but right angles. So I have an 80 flug diffuser. Sick. Um, and it's nothing but right angles. It is a flat ass bottom. It is vortex generators coming down and nothing else. And I was like, that... Like, I don't know if it's actually working or not because they just made it for my car and that, I put it on there, but it at least looks like it's supposed to. Does it bring all the boys <laughs> to the yard when you go to car shows, man? That's really all that ever They're like, here. it's better than yours. Yeah, exactly. You know what's funny, John? You're 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 running the AB Flug uh, rear diffuser. I, once upon a time, was wearing uh, running their front splitter yeah. uh, until it flew off on me at speed because of my improperly mounted Uh-oh. brackets that I aforementioned. Now I can so just about. It, it did work because it 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 generated enough to get sucked underneath the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a thing. It worked so till it didn't. Well, it worked um, till it didn't because of me. So you know that, that's. You know, it. And in closing, we could talk about this stuff for hours. But in closing, like if we're gonna talk like Gran Turismo math here, or Forza math, like if your car hooks more at low speed and drifts its ass out at high speed, Put a wing you need on a it. rear wing. Yeah, or a rear diffuser. If your car um, pushes, understeers at high speed, you need a front diffuser. Front like, splitter on it. Yeah, or, yeah, front splitter. Um, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you're dealing with because it, it's going to be different behavior at higher speeds. And, and lift is bad. And next time on uh, Aerodynamics 102, we can talk about side packages and all sorts of more things. Side pods, fender, wing tip, yeah. wing tip vortices, oh, warm yeah. vortex generator. I love it. I love it. So sound effect. Let's wrap this yeah. up by doing a scrap rice daily on three cars that have uh, sick aero packages right out the gate. Stick uh, arrow packages. So this is going to be from the factory. This is going to be kind of entertaining. This because, is going to be good. Yeah. So Scrap Race Daily. It's our automotive version of Bang Mary Kill. Uh, we pick three cars, and we decide which one we're going to get rid of immediately, which one we want to take for a race around the weekend, and which one we want to bring home to mom. Um, we're doing an aerodynamic inspired version. So today's three cars. This is what's funny. So we have the fifth generation. So the last one they made, Viper, Dodge Viper ACR. Looks so good. Looks so good. Uh, We have the latest generation Porsche 911 GT2 RS. And finally, we have the Bugatti Veyron. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (sighs) Can we talk prices on these cars real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Viper, when it was new, like MSRP was somewhere around, it's like 125. Yep. Nowadays, they are going for close to 200. I don't know. Like Dodge was like eating DVDs and drinking their tears trying to sell the Viper back in the day. But now they're, they've discontinued it and the economy's nuts and they're selling for way more than they're actually worth. Um. So yeah, well, I, think, could... I think they've always at least held their their yeah. value oh, dude, uh, because dude. they're so, they're so good. They're really oh, yeah. good. When, cars. No, when they when these cars were new, and the the last ACR was new. Dodge had like thirty 
50K off MSRP deals. Now, granted, not a lot of people were walking in there because you're still buying a $100,000 car, but like they could not sell them. And that's why they discontinued these. Yeah, they also some... did that when the economy was terrible back in like 2017. So, not yeah, wrong. I'm just saying, like, there were some wild ass deals on these cars, and now yeah. they're worth more than they did in MSRP. Um, so that the latest GT2 RS, the God, what is that now? Like three hundred something. I think it's like two fifty. I think it's no. closer to three hundred. Is it? <clears throat> yeah. Well, they're, they keep getting more expensive every every year. Porsche, and that's, that's like sure. that's like the most. Yeah, yeah. It's two ninety three. So three hundred. There you go. Um, yeah. And then a Bugatti Veyron is like one point eight million. One point eight. We want to. Do we want to so drop this hammer? Do we want to drop this hammer right now, or do we want to do it? Better? I mean, which one of you guys want to go first? I'll I'll go last. John, take so it look. away. John, get at All it. Right. Get at it. Get at right, it. Look. Get at it. I'm gonna spoil a little bit of the surprise, but here's the deal. And for the rules of this game, we're saying you cannot sell the car for the money it's worth. Like you ha- you're you stuck with it. One of these is a supercar. Two of them are not. I, I well, actually, yes. one of them is a hypercar. Fair. But I hate, I hate, bro, I hate the Bugatti Veyron. I hate it. <laughs> I think it's one of the ugliest cars ever made. It is excessive in all the wrong ways and it's french it's fat it's gaudy i fucking the the only reason i would take this car is so i could immediately i'd drive it for a day just say i did it and i'd sell it i'd buy a lot of cocaine i hate this (laughs) so much so i'm gonna scrap the bugatti yeah get it (sighs) now for the last two this is really effing hard, but I'm going to race the Viper. Okay. And I don't even really have much to say about it because the reason I'm racing the Viper has nothing to do with the Viper. The reason I'm racing the Viper is because the just, we've mentioned this before. Porsche nowadays is so good. They're just so... It's like they can't do anything wrong. No. Everything's... It, they yeah, look miss. great. They sound great. They're so they, good. They, they, they're, they're just so good. This Viper is one of the best American, like for a track car, it's one of the best American track cars ever made. It makes like 2,000 pounds of downforce, which in a, a production car is dumb. Ridiculous. It make, it's a what? Almost 700 horsepower national aspirated V10. It, it's so amazing, but it's it's just a race car to me. And, and, the GT2 RS is probably the nastiest version of the 911. Yeah. Debatably. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to keep the I'd have to keep the Porsche. All right. <laughs> well, uh, the I'm going to scrap the Bugatti as well because it's a dumpster <laughs> fire. I don't care if you build it out of Legos. <laughs> it's still a dumpster fire. Now, look, mostly because I don't care about cars that go fast in a straight line, but this is the car that came to mind for me when I thought, hey, what are significant aerodynamic cars? And I remember back in the day when I was a car noob, just watching Top Gear every so often, and you know people shouting Bugatti and all that crap. Uh, how it had the variable wing on the back based on the speeds. So it came to mind for me. And then you know we all kind of hate it. It's it's I get why people think it's cool. It's not. Uh, don't just learn more cars. There are so 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 many better cars out there than this one. So it's going to the scrapyard. And, uh, I don't know, some French man can eat caviar off of it and drink some wine. Um, get a Renault, get an Alpine. As for racing, I am going to race the Porsche, mostly because I just want to do all of the naughty things with this car on a track slash, I don't know, anything. I, any sort of condition I can put this car in. It could be Togate style or like a Pikes Peak or a circuit. This car would be hella fun. Uh, it looks clean. But, man, I... Again, I based on my car noob gut reactions, John had me look up this Viper ACR, and I said, nope, I need a minute, because 
it is gorgeous and it is absolutely <laughs> the type of car you just want to sit in your garage and i'm going to put my new balances on my freshly ironed out bleached levi's and my tucked in shirt and i'm going to polish this thing and stare yes, at my baby. it's an american car i typically by all nature dislike american cars strongly this is beautiful this it what a it is an art piece and i want it in my garage for that reason so yeah maybe fast on the track i'm gonna race the porsche i know that's gonna be great on the track this is a i'm gonna i'm putting the new balances on polishing it kids don't touch the same type of car i love it it's gorgeous it's going in the garage taking it home to mom as john likes to say mm. finally caught one we finally got one there it is um, <sighs> folks we got him beautiful well, <laughs> uh it seems like we're all on the same page with what we're scrapping because i'm also scrapping <laughs> yes <Bugatti>. get it <laughs> um Yes. Zero lift hates Bugatti. Put yeah, that on your wall. Put that on. I'm putting it on our banner tonight. Um, <laughs> it's it, listen. It's a great car. It's an engineering marvel. Okay, we can't discount what it's done. Sure. How it did it, right? And actually, Ryan, uh, the Bugatti does do quite well in the turns. You know, for what it's worth, it doesn't do it as well as any of the other three cars um because it's just god awfully heavy which is why i hate it because it doesn't matter like uh, it it's like a anti ethos to everything about a race car or a fast car that it should be right it, it goes fast because it's an engineering marvel kind of like the gtr the r35 right it doesn't go fast because of its lightweightness which is what i love uh so it's it's in the trash it's also french it's also ugly. It looks like <laughs> shoes. Why are we why are we dissing uh, the French egg. so hard here? The French make good cars, folks. It, oh, it looks like it looks like an egg on wheels. Okay, and like people say, the Koenigsegg looks like an egg. That looks like a rolling egg that is art. At least yeah. it looks good. At least the Bugatti doesn't look good, there uh, is. unless you know you're in a DJ Khaled rap video <laughs> that no one watches anymore. <laughs> um, so moving on uh the viper is the race beast i'm putting okay, that to the track okay i'm gonna put it to the test because quite frankly like everybody that's driven it and given like a review on it says it's amazing it's like the best american made consumer made race car out the box like it does you don't need to do anything and like john says it makes a ridiculous amount of downforce for, for a production car ridiculous i gotta <laughs> test it out and it's probably going to do great. It's probably going to leave me with a huge smile on my face. Probably won't be able to hear for a week because it's loud. Um, but it's going to be a great time. And that leaves us with the Porsche. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, what John said, John made a great points. Uh, but to me, it's because it's a great everyday car. As, as crazy as it gt2 rs is um and as great as a track car is it's meant to be on the track it is also a great everyday car and that's a testament to porsche and their engineering and just like the formula that they've developed um with a car that you'd be able to drive it every day to and from the office you know hit the toge on the way back which is what i would do duh uh and and be able to sit in it in your garage or like be able to look at it and marvel at it at its presence at its art at its beauty in your garage because that's what it is as well it's also a yeah. piece of art um and so yeah all day every day and i'm not even that kind of i'm not really that much of a porsche fanatic but porsche just as a car enthusiast i think everybody has a soft spot for porsche you gotta i gotta say though um oh shit Oh, God. Oh, wow, that was that snuck that snuck up on me. Um, you gotta hit mute before I, you do that. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I wasn't ready. <laughs> he wasn't ready. He wasn't um, ready. Just so I could got it for the scrapyard. No, I 100% agree with Ryan's take on the aesthetics of the Viper. Like they, they just nailed it. Yeah, it's so it good. Just, it, I it just nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. But the Porsche. Porsche GT2 RS. That's a little if, bit. More if I me. just look at the garage, oh, it does. In all these episodes, if I look at what's in my garage, I've already got a pretty good daily driver. I I want something that's <laughs> really, I 
I want to put it outside and, you know, when it's nice out with my short Levi's on, like my short shorts and my new balances and my high socks and show off for all the other dads in the neighborhood, that's the car for Don't it. forget to tuck your underwear or your shirt into oh, your underwear. shirt is so tucked into my underwear. It is so yeah. far into my underwear. I bought an suspenders, extra. Suspenders, no suspenders? Uh, depends on the day. Um, I'll probably have some sort of theme-based suspenders, though, that match. So the particular uh, ACR that I like is black with kind of gold double stripes i'll probably have matching suspenders that are gold double stripes to go with the car so like i'll have a shirt and and suspender combo that matches the colorway oh, of that's the car. cute that's that's how hard i'm going for sure. this car nice yeah you got to show up the dads in the hood man that's how you got to do so you can let us know if you agree Noted. is bucati the worst vehicle on the planet for uh fast cars <laughs> well, we didn't say all that well there's definitely much worse vehicles on the that's planet. fair they're worse they're worse like vehicles. the hyundai elantra i drive here yeah <laughs> like um but if, uh, among the uh, among the liked by many hated by most t- cars out there do you also agree with us with <laughs> bugatti being trash you can uh, you know add us on our zero left podcast both on instagram and twitter there are links there to our Discord. Come and join. Tell us how wrong we are. We would gladly entertain that idea of having a conversation with you. Anything else car-related? In order to look up the 70-page document uh, John did to study for this episode. It's all there on our Discord. I've been Ryan. You've been joined by Lenny and John. And this has been the Zero Hello. Podcast. Thanks for having us. Peace.